touching on the top prize picks, props, round one showdown, and first round leader bets, outright bets, values, fades, ownership leverage, and lineup process for the Genesis Invitational. Let's go. All right. So getting into the Genesis Invitational, I just kind of going over the preview here, guys. What I really want to see is kind of look at the core stats here. And once again, still getting familiar with the breakdown of their website. But uh, looking at the conditions, we can see the wind isn't going to be terrible. Um, there is the potential that on Friday afternoon, it could get windy. Uh, the temperatures are going to be relatively warm. I mean, sure, in the a.m., the greens might be a little bit more solid. So I don't know if we're going to have a specific, uh, you know, a.m. advantage with maybe the greens being a little bit harder and then softening up throughout the day. Then looking at right now, we don't have any pin locations to really go off of. OK, so. There's that. Let's just go ahead and get right into prize picks, guys. I'm actually pretty excited about the board that we're getting today or this week because there's a lot of bets here. Okay, so that's going to be encouraging. So we should be able to pick and choose which one we should go off of. Now, there is an edge already with the greens and regulation. Uh, so we can see there are some golfers coming in with like 11.5. Uh, which probably shouldn't be. So we'll go ahead and get into that right now. All right. So if we pull this up here right now, um, we can sort it by edge. Okay, so what can we see instantly is that we are getting a pretty good edge for the greens and regulation prop, especially for the golfers that are set at 11 and a half. Now, it's not as strong as last week where we had multiple golfers that were projected to have an edge over one, you know, very solid there. So, you know, looking at it, this would suggest that Patrick Hanley and Will Zalatoris are going to be two very strong greens and regulations props that we're getting to bet the over here. 11 and a half is not that many. Okay. It's just not. So if we pull this up again, let's just go through it. Hole number one should be a green and regulation. Hole number four, nothing too terrible. Okay. Should maybe be a green and regulation. Hole number three, you know, we do have the bunkers protecting it. Maybe not. Hole number four, that's a very difficult long par three. So we're not expecting really many greens and regulations on that hole. Okay. Same thing with number six, like maybe not going to get a green and regulation there. But then like from there, it's going to be kind of smooth sailing. Sure, we're going to get a couple of difficult ones, but three par fives, that should be three automatic greens and regulation, really one to two difficult par threes. And so that's really it. I mean, should be able to get to 12 greens and regulations for those guys. So the bets here, and it's kind of as simple as this, you know, I feel pretty good about these two. So it'd be Patrick Hanley over 11 and a half greens and regulation. And then also Will Zalatoris over 11 and a half greens and regulation. Remember, we just need them to get 12. And so if we pull it up here, if we want to dive into it a little bit more, we can see player average 14 greens and regulation uh, pre-tournament average. And that's going to be for the tournament 12.3. Okay. And then if you look at his projection, 12.59. So very strong stuff there across the board. Now we can do the same for Will Zalatoris. It's very nice to see that all the metrics are saying that he should be over. Um, looking at his player average, 13.8. No, very solid there as well. Now, the tournament does play differently kind of each season when I'm looking at greens and regulation, guys. Uh, the thing with it is the weather isn't expected to be terrible. And so I did toss out some of the, the averages that were being pulled in with the weather being a little bit more difficult. So that's why the, the tournament average is 12.3 because of that. And then we can see we got some other strong bets. You could do Max Homa, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth. Like I'd be fine with that. Uh, you could do Hideki as well. Like those are all fine. We do see Justin Thomas overstrokes again. And I don't know what to do with that. He is typically someone that is a, a I don't want to say typically a slow starter, but he can be a slow starter. Okay. So this isn't a big difference here. Okay. So if we look at the tournament, it's a par 71, right? They are currently saying that for this to hit, he needs to finish minus three or for the prop not to, he needs to finish minus three. I would say chances are, it's just going to be a push. Um, 
but it is difficult to store, score at this tournament. I mean, if we pull it up, the average score at this tournament is 70.5, so 0.5 under par. It is a difficult track to score on. So, you know, 69 is a number that is going to be, or 68 would be a number that is difficult to get to. So I, I don't want to miss out on a huge day for the third straight slate because Justin Thomas goes under when he was heavily projected to get the over. And I say that because we had been betting the strokes and there was two days in a row in which the top, the five of the top six players that were projected to get over strokes last week did. And it was JT two days in a row that didn't. And he ruined what would have been awesome, an awesome two-day stretch there. And it was actually um, on Thursday and Friday as well, but it could have been even better uh, throughout the weekend. So I don't know what to do with this one. I probably still will take it, but you can see why I might hesitate to take it. And for what it's worth, like the Netflix full swing documentary just released and he was kind of the star of episode one. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that's gonna be like extra motivation to play well and whatnot, or if it's gonna be a distraction. I'm very curious as to see how that, plays out and if you guys haven't watched that watch that it is awesome i've watched one episode and half of the second one strange stuff they're saying like brooks kepka was the number one player or the best player in the world through like a certain stretch i'm like i don't think brooks i don't think anyone ever like valued brooks as the top player in the world i know like the world rankings did but we know during that time it was more flawed than it is now and i miss those days and i'll get into that in the outrights but oh man with DraftKings and the sports backs would go off of the flawed out um flawed world rankings to get their odds. Oh, that was great. There were so many free squares back then. But yeah, just looking at I mean, I would feel comfortable like really betting anyone from here on up in terms of that. Okay. Maybe, maybe not Tom came out. I think we've just hammered the 11 and a half. That seems like a lot. So let's go ahead and look at the unders, see which unders we have an edge on. So Bo Hosler, um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, projected to finish even par. Can he score under par? P- potentially you could roll with that one. Uh, Jason day. All he has to do is finish minus one. Can he do that? I don't mind that. Uh, player average is about uh, 68.1. And now these are obviously coming on different tracks tracks that might not be as hard to score on but those are props you can do uh birdie or better here is tom hoagie going to score four birdies that's the question you need to ask yourself he does average 4.8 but chances are in this harder track 3.9 so these are all questions you need to ask yourself here uh it's for you guys to decide here and so like i don't mind ricky as well like ricky has been on a hot streak can he shoot under par i would say if i was if i was doing strokes it'd be ricky Sibu. And Jason Day. And also check these numbers on underdog because uh, typically what I've been doing is I've been using this knowledge and then taking it to underdog. And if the lines are different, you can apply it kind of both ways. And so I mentioned with JT not getting, or I mentioned with JT the strokes where he was under, well, they didn't have that prop available um, in the sense that I would want to bet it on underdog. So I ended up just doing another bet. And actually I had five out of five on underdog instead. So just make sure we're checking both spots. But that's kind of it for prize picks. We are seeing that greens and regulation. I was wondering if we were going to get fairways hit. We did not. So let's go ahead and get into round one showdown. And so for nine to five members, I did kind of do a slight update here, guys. So you can go to the drop down tab, which is on the top here, and then go to showdown and whatnot. But the update that I'm working on here is going to be we have a leaderboard and then we have the showdown. So if we look at it right now and we're just kind of looking at the showdown stuff, um, ignore the place. That doesn't matter. That's for in-tournament stuff. But if we just go to round one ranking, we can kind of see which players are projected to play the best in round one. And this is going to be more for round one showdown. So just kind of showing it to you guys. So Rory, Sanjay, Rom, Scotty, Hovland, Cantlay, Tom Kim, Tony Finau. And if you guys have been following along, it's been pretty successful um, with the showdown stuff. It seems like there's about two slates per weekend in which 
I have a swipe going to take down a GPP. Um, unfortunately for myself, with per I've been doing a lot more content recently, if you guys haven't noticed. And so with that, my uh, contest entries are coming in later than typical. So last week, I had a lineup that finished second, and it was only in like a $1,000, not $1,000, it was only in like a 1000 player max entry contest. So it's like bittersweet. Like, oh, if I just would have prioritized doing the showdown lineups and would have been a better day is what it is. That's the tough part about providing content, guys. But yeah, we can kind of see which players are popping up there. Let's go ahead and do one other thing here as well. And so the regression tab is in its own separate tab. And then we have the projections ranked out as well. Let's just look at round one projections. Sometimes that can differ. So we can kind of see a little bit of a difference here. So John Rom popping up there, Scotty, Rory, Sanjay. So Sanjay would probably be someone we're looking at. Terrell Hatton, Sewell Kim, those are going to be two players that we're looking at and so i think what i'll eventually do is maybe have a little slider like this on the prop page so that we can better like narrow down who we should be on for that we'll see okay so we kind of get a good indication of that let's go ahead and check out the betting side of it so the betting page is going to be right here and this is going to be separated into outright winners okay top 10 odds and then first round leader let's go ahead and start with the first round leader so is there any edges here? You know, not not too many. Let's just look at first round leader rank. Ignore this with Rory. Just doesn't have enough rounds in there. He is a solid play. We saw round one showdown rank was ranking out really well. Um, I would value him as tied with John Rom. So first round leader rank, John Rom expected, you know, number one, no shot there. Vegas values that. I value that. So checking the box there. Um, it seems like we're getting a decent edge with like Sun Jam to have the first round lead. I don't mind that. Victor Hovland to have the first round lead. I don't mind that. Uh, Brian Harmon has been someone that's playing extremely well in first round. So you could go with him. Patrick Cantley as well. You could go with that. And so those are going to be some edges that are there if you choose to go that route. I don't mind that. that that's something you can certainly do. And so let's kind of test that out. And so we can sort by first round lead versus nine to five and kind of just trying to find the edge. But what I want to do here is like, I don't really care about these golfers that are really in insanely like high and like these aren't bad like 24 i'd probably make the cutoff there but let's go ahead and scroll up here real quick first round leader rank i'm gonna go ahead and set this to one and then we're gonna go ahead and set this to 20 and so if we're trying to make like some ev bets this is how we could go about doing that and so like thomas Dietrich could be one um you know, has been playing really well this season. No, no real shot there. Brian Harmon, like I said, Siwoo Kim, Seamus Power. Uh, I actually don't mind that with Seamus Power. Uh, Norin, Sunjay, Tom Kim. So like this is a way in which you could get the best expected value for a first round leader bet. Okay. So now let's go ahead and get into who is expected to win. So obviously Sky Scheffler, I think he was uh, fifth last week. End up being someone that I betted on. And this is going to be kind of the same strategy, I think, this week for me. In terms of outright betting, I'm going to end up on a lot of the same players that I was on last week. And it's it's strange, but I think that's the way to go. And so I, I don't know. I don't want to bet Scotty just coming off the victory. I don't really want to do that. What I would be fine with is betting Rory outright, okay? He's actually the number one player in win rank. Not sure the odds are going to be terrible, but nine to one odds will take that as about a 10% chance to win. Vegas is giving him about a 10% chance to win. So, you know, right on par there. We will take that. I think Rory, just given his great course history, given the fact that he has finished top 10, three out of his past four starts here, you know, we really like that. And so if we look at the recent form in his last start, obviously that was the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He had mentioned that it just wasn't a good course for him after round one, which was just highly annoying. It's like, come on, Rory. Like, give us that information prior to the, the start of the tournament. You do a lot of interviews. Come on. Maybe he didn't want to jinx himself. I don't know. But this is a situation in which, you know, he didn't play well last week. And that was like really the last time he didn't have a good start at a tournament. And this is obviously going to be a course in which he loves. Um, I expect him to play much better this week. So, you know, he makes a lot of sense, I think, this week at 9 to 1, 10 to 1. Really depends where you're getting it. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a solid option. Uh, and if you think about maybe the Netflix documentary dropping, he is someone that just when he's motivated to play well, typically does play 
better. And maybe that'll provide a little bit of motivation for him. And maybe the same for JT. I don't really know what to do with JT because he is certainly going to be an interesting play this week. Coming in as one of the best win ranks. And we can see at this tournament, it's either really high upside, sixth, miscut, miscut, second. Um, and, and like, I, I don't mind those starts. Okay. Sixth best pick in the nine to five model. You know, really just a solid play across the board. It had been a while until he had that recent upside finish. And once again, with kind of with the Netflix documentary, I don't know if I'm being biased because of that. Uh, but I could see JT winning. I just could. It's kind of you just look for extra motivation and maybe that's just it. Okay. And then from there, like <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough week. I feel fine doing Xander again, guys. So Xander, Rory and JT are the first three. Okay. So we'll pull up Xander again. And honestly, if you just want to bet Xander to top 20, I'd be fine with that as well. We look at his course history. That's, I, I would say that's probably the expectation for him. Because we look at it, guys, 13th, 15th, 23rd, 15th, you know, those have been his last four starts here. So probably that should be the expectation. But if we look at his recent form, spectacular, 10th, 13th, 3rd, 9th, 4th, 3rd. So really good stuff there. We don't know what the situation is with the back, but I would assume one more week to be one more week healthy. Hopefully, hopefully he's not overworking it. And so that I guess that'd be the biggest worry. Okay, he should be good to go. He looked really good last week, solid. So I'm fine going back to the well with him. And then I'm going to say I'm fine going back to the well with Max Homa this week as well. So Max Homa, you know, three straight top 10 finishes at this tournament. That's the biggest thing that I like. Obviously, the, the winner two years ago uh, is someone that is just coming in in great recent form. Obviously, didn't finish all too well at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, finishing 39th after a really good start. Just two terrible uh, weekend rounds, which is strange. Uh, the commentary from the live feed from, you know, watching it was kind of saying, oh, it's extra added pressure this week or just a different week for him because he knows a lot of people that are there, uh, you know, from being from the area somewhat. So that was interesting to me. Um, just a weird, weird thing there. So obviously has course ties or ties to California as well. I'm fine going back to the well with Max Home this week. And we're getting decent odds, 20 to 1. I'll take those. And then from there, are there any players that I can see like winning that I'd want to be on? Well, I don't mind Tony Finau, 16 to 1. I'd be fine to take that. But it's just like, all right, we got Rory, we got JT, we got Xander, we got Finau, and we got Homa. Do we just cut it off there with those top five? And I'd be kind of fine with that. Like that was the strategy last week and it worked out. Uh but is there any long shot bet that we could go with? Like, sure. I, th I think Adam Scott has the potential to win at 55 to one. I don't mind that. Not terrible odds. Could roll with him. Maybe Hideki can put it all together and win this tournament. Like if you think about Hideki, a good course fit, you would think this would be a good one for him. Um, but I don't think we really need to get cute with it. Like Terrell Haddon, I could see winning as well, but I don't think we need to extend it out that far. Matt Fitzpatrick, I would be loading up on if we knew that he was fully healthy, like ideal course for him. I don't think we need to do that as well. So I think if we we're going to extend it to six players, Am Scott would be the next best. Okay. And I don't mind that. Am Scott's a very solid play this week. And so once again, we're going to do that win rank slider just real quick to look at it that way and then sort it by kind of the edge that we're getting, potential edge that we're getting. And so the biggest difference would be Brian Harmon, who ranks out really well this tournament. I'm not saying he's going to win, um, but not terrible. Seamus Power as well. Like, I'm not saying any of these guys are going to win, but if you're trying to find like a value-based bet, these would be the ones to go with. Um, like, sure, I don't like to bet the number. We have seen that that's not a smart thing to do anymore with the sportsbooks really shifting away from the, the numbers being based off of world rankings over the past like year and a half. So we're not really getting that many great long shot numbers, but 
I guess power would be the move there if we were to go that route. All right, so now moving on into the ownership, guys. Where are people starting their builds out? That's the biggest question on the slate, I would say. So let's go ahead and look at it. Probably Rory is where people are starting their builds all out. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, great course history. People think he's a strong play, and I agree. And then John Rahm as well. You know, John Rahm is really just the class of the field. Makes a lot of sense. Tony Finau, people are chasing that upside like I like. So he's coming in as a very strong play. But with that, and this is how this works. This is a good example of it because Rory and Rom are higher projected owned than Scotty by a decent amount. He's coming in as a top leverage play because if we look at the players around him, he is the lowest priced player in that price pricing range. And he's one of the best plays. And so this is a very good example of how this tool works. Okay. Because it's just going based off of the likelihood for players around each player's price run range for them to do well, uh, considering their ownership and then comparing that against the players around their price point range. Okay, so it makes a lot of sense that Sky Scheffler is coming in as the top leverage play. And so for that as well, like Sun JM coming in as the second best leverage play, it makes a ton of sense. We see Kyle Morikawa coming in as questionable in the yellow again this week. So uh, if you guys remember last week, I was kind of saying Keith Mitchell, Kyle Morikawa and Cameron Young were all being a little bit too chalky for really no reason. It was kind of very random that they were getting you know, ownership, especially compared to the players around them. And we saw that end up working out pretty well. And so that's kind of the thing that's happening again this week. It's like people want to make Colin Morikawa a thing when they could go Sam Burns, who if you guys remember two years ago, Sam Burns choked away that victory. Okay, so you could go with him. And there's just other ways to go around, like players that are a little bit too chalky. And I know it says Rory's slightly under-owned. I'd probably say he's properly owned. Okay, let's go ahead and look at leverage rank. And actually, if we're going to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to scroll down a little bit. Okay, so these are going to be golfers that are over uh, 6% projected own, and these are going to be the most overvalued golfers. So Tommy Fleetwood, you know, I get why he's getting this chalk, should be able to perform well at this tournament, but given how he's played thus far this season for a while now, he is coming in as someone that's going to be overvalued. Same thing with Ricky, which pains me because I think he's a strong kind of price point play. We don't need to force him. Taylor Montgomery coming in off of a poor tournament, don't need to force it. And now I like Adam Hadwin. Uh, I'm going to be playing him. That's not going to change anything. And I get why people are going to be on Patrick Rogers. He's a risk reward based play. It makes sense. Okay. Like whatever. I'm fine with it. Uh, same thing with Wyndham Clark and Alex Norton. Like personally, I don't, I'm not saying that those guys are going to be overowned. What I am curious about is if we sort by salary or if we uh, look at it by like salary, which players are coming in that are a little bit too high priced. Well, it's going to be the same players from kind of last week. Justin Rose a little bit. That's, I mean, that's not terrible. 6% Jason day a little bit, but he's been rolling. You got Kyle Moore, Kyle popping up there. Cameron young, uh, Victor Hovland, I like, I'm going to play it. And so that's kind of the weird thing about this week is that, you know, last week I would say we had some big ownership fades, you know, like it just made sense. There, there was no logical reason to be on Kyle Morikawa at that high chalk ownership when there's other players around them. This week, we don't have as many players that are like too egregiously chalky for like a random reason. And so I would say probably don't need to focus on players that are overowned as much this week. Okay. But I will say the approach would be to focus on players that are going to be a little bit undervalued. Like Seamus Power is a player that could really go off and have a great week. And people are kind of just not rostering him for what reason? I don't know. And don't get me wrong. Like Power is not a lock and load play. Course history wise is terrible. Miscut last year and then 64th. But if we look at it, um, strong staff hit top 20 in the field. Recent form rank top six in the field. Uh, specialist wise top 20 in the field. Uh, long-term form could be a little bit better, 39th in the field, but we'd like at the past 10 starts and the past five starts really ranking out pretty well. So this could be a really good leverage spot. And especially if we compare it to those players that are going to be priced around him. Okay, so Seamus Powers right here. We see Clark getting more ownership, Keegan getting more ownership, Ricky getting more ownership. 
uh, Taylor Montgomery, Adam Hadwin. So he's kind of just like the forgotten guy there. And same thing with like Corey Connors, like he could easily make the cut. And the reason why they're getting low ownership is because they have poor course history. And it makes sense. Like the, you, it's never sexy to roster someone like that. But the thing is, at least they do have course experience. Like I, I say, I would say that trumps Taylor Montgomery in that sense. Then from there, like Keith Mitchell, someone that was, you know, a little bit too chalky last week is going to be a strong Leverage play this week. That's kind of interesting. We got Max Homa, Terrell Hatton coming in as strong leverage plays as well. Uh, I already mentioned why uh, Scotty and Sanjay Am were pulling up there. And personally, like you can play Tom Kim. He's been a stud. Um, I, I don't want to. So that's going to be up for you guys to figure out. Okay, now real quickly, just getting into the DK value report. Um, ignore Max McGreevy. I guess I, I have him in there twice. So that's why it's pulling in there as double. So don't worry about it. So we got Alex Noren then would be a really strong value play. Keegan, Harmon, Siwoo. So we're seeing all these players in this like 7K price point range are some of the better values that we're getting. And then we get into Tom Kim and Adam Scott. But what that's kind of telling me is that we could potentially be making our lineups from this price point range. Okay. And I'd be perfectly fine with that. Let's look at FanDuel value. Once again, ignore Max. Siwoo's popping up there. Brian Harmon, Noren, Dietrich, Clark. Okay. So kind of more of the same. We're fine with that. And then Yahoo Value for those that play. Wyndham Clark, $21. That's very cheap for him. I'd say probably got to play him a little bit there. Uh, we're getting Nick Taylor minimum price. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Patrick Rogers minimum price. That's very interesting. These are very interesting ones here. Tiger, 21. I'm actually proud of everyone for pricing Tiger correctly to the point where maybe we do think about playing him just because it's fun. It, it, those days to put him in the 8K range were just annoying. So we can see like kind of the same value across the board. And now let's go ahead and get into the 9 to 5 lineup builder. And really what I just want to do is I want to show you guys like what it's pushing out. So as always, got to start off with two data points for it to go off of. So I'm just going to bump Rom's projection up to 113 and Xander's up to 108. And I'm just kind of curious if we set the settings to about, I don't know, 30% max owned, which players are, is it going to pull in? Which is going to be the best build that's going to pull in? Okay. So very interesting. Siwoo Kim, the data likes Siwoo Kim this week. Um, so he'd be coming in a lot. And then no surprises there. Wyndham Clark, Keegan, Tony Finau, Tom Kim. And honestly, guys, like I'd be pretty content with this. Maybe, maybe we reduce Matt Fitzpatrick a little bit here. But for the most part, like this is pretty solid. I, I would maybe want to lock in John Rom and probably get a little bit more um, Rory in there. And I guess let's just do that real quick. So the way that you go about doing that is like if a player is coming in that you want or isn't coming in as much as you want, you just bump up their projection. And that kind of tells the lineup optimizer that you want more of them. So now we got Rory in there. That's good. And then Rom at five. So if we wanted more of Rom, we just have to bump his projection a little bit more. But obviously this is a week in which the high tier is loaded. So it makes sense why it's pulling in that way. And then for what's worth, let's just do a round one showdown build for you guys as well. So same thing we're going to do. Let's just say 61 there. And then Sun Jam was someone that was popping up. So let's do 57. Going to do the exact same thing. 30% exposure. Click OK. Going to generate 20 builds and see what it pops out. So I'm curious actually for the statistics. Okay. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. We're good. Okay. So in that sense, it's pulling in Sanjay, Hovland, Kim. Pretty solid again. Like, this is pretty nice. Don't have to do too much with the lineup builder uh, manually this week. But that is all for today's video. Let's have a good slate. Enjoy Netflix full swing, guys. It's been fun for me thus far. Uh, let's have a good slate. And as always, let's keep cashing. Good luck this week.